Welcome to another installment of the Mindful Endeavors podcast. Uh, joining us now is Anthony Rodriguez. So really quick, uh, just to make sure that everybody uh, keeps in mind that we are not necessarily health professionals. We're just here to talk about mental health and a nuanced discussion from just a, the perspective of two normal people just you know living our lives every day and what we see and what we experienced. Uh, also, we're trying to tell, tie the elements of the outdoors to see if maybe that could serve as a coping mechanism as well as other things. But yeah, just keep that in mind. All right. So Anthony, so I've known you since, I don't know, middle school. It's been a, wa- a long time since we've had a chat. A yeah, yeah. But quickly, uh, just kind of describe uh, more or less like what do you do? Like, you know, what are your hobbies, things like that? Uh, so I'm a serial entrepreneur, I guess you could say. I started a couple of businesses juggling those um as far as hobbies i like working out um it's been out in the outdoors you know getting some fresh air i mean not can i'm here in california you're gonna say so as far as fresh air <coughs> means not too much of that right now with all these fires going on but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah um i have a couple couple businesses i own a car dealership uh i just started a watch company and uh i, I guess you could say i put a couple videos on youtube in, in regards to like what i do for business um, so I, have, I have a family. Um, yeah, so I have two kids, a lovely, uh, lovely lady here. <laughs> uh, we're a nice little family. Um, but as far as hobbies, yeah, I like working out, you know, playing basketball, lifting weights. You know, I'm not like you, like Jocko Willink in the mornings, you know, 5 a.m. working out, but, you know, I get it in. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to really keep that up, man. There's there's a couple days, like, per week that I don't, that I just fall asleep, and it depends really on work. Uh, yeah. Like, if I have to work late one day, then I'll sleep in and I'll just go, like, an hour right before work. But, yeah, actually, that you know, you, br- you bring up a good point. Like, you started a couple businesses, so that's kind of why I wanted to have you because, uh, I mean, it's not necessarily an outdoors topic, but it does contribute to mental health, which is financial health. I mean, that right. is definitely a factor. That, and that's kind of the the reason why like I want to keep having these discussions because uh, mental health is not just one specific thing contributing to it. It's a lot of things. And sometimes in, they could be in the least amount of like the least of magnitude. And then sometimes they, they're really, really serious. Like for example, the loss of a job, like we've seen that a lot in uh, COVID, you know, during that time. And you know, it's, it's, it's tough times. And I mean, I kind of like was already building up to this, to doing this podcast even before COVID because with any issue that you see on TV, on the news, I feel like there's definitely a mental aspect, uh, I mean, a mental health aspect to it, and it just doesn't get talked about. It really it just gets tossed aside. So, yeah, I mean, and like you and I, like, we both grew up in L.A., so, and, you know, we've, we've been back there recently. I actually was there this past weekend, and uh, yeah. I cannot recognize it from the way, you know, I grew up. Like, you know, yeah. we talk about, like, we're going to, like, talk about the homelessness-ish situation there. I mean, when I grew up... No politics. Definitely no politics. We're going to keep that political free (laughs) as much as possible. Um, And uh, yeah, like, you know, when I I remember like when I grew up, like you you knew Skid Row and that was like where most of the homelessness was concentrated around. Like you knew it existed, but it was around there. But now like even like you look at like a couple cities going into like downtown LA, like you see like a bunch of tents on the freeways on on like the overpasses, like under the overpass, like everywhere, man. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it. So I mean, it's like, what do you, what do you like? How, like, a lot of people like think they have a solution, but you know, I mean, I'm kind of curious as to your opinion and you know what you think about that about all that. 
Yeah, that's such a, a complex issue. Like uh, the growing homeless population is like a real, real big, big issue. That's I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people are like fleeing California or leaving California, you know, like all the celebrities and like that. But it's just now there's an increase in lawlessness and homelessness. But the homelessness issue is there's like multiple layers to that. There's like there's three different kinds of homeless. We got the mentally ill. And you have the drug drug uh, addicted people, and then you have just people who financially couldn't, you know, make it, and they're homeless. Yeah. Um, I was driving. Uh, I was doing. I was doing like a little like Uber job for a, little, for a while, a, a while, a while back, and um, a lot of deliveries I noticed were like to hotels, and you'd find like whole families living in hotels, especially in Orange County, where basically a lot of people that are functionally broke. You know, they, they might have good paying jobs, but maybe because they can't afford the rent, like they're still broke like they're barely making it so you see that uh a lot like those people are there's nothing wrong with them they're mentally you know fine but they just can't afford to live in california and then on the other side you have the people with drug drug addictions and then you have the actual mentally ill people and just the growing populations like around la like i said it used to just be skid row and then now it kind of grew and then now you have other cities are just known as like homeless population centers and it's it's crazy like uh my brother's an electrician and he's told me he's uh for the next couple months you know until maybe till january he's working seven days a week because they're setting up a temporary housing facility for homelessness for homeless people in santa Ana. and yeah they're, they're trying to have a location that fits you know five thousand people and he's like there's five thousand homeless people just roaming around santa Ana, california and just like that's that's not even all of it there's so many more homeless and the number is growing, so I don't I don't know how you deal with something like that. That's it's very tough, man. I mean, because like like uh, like you said, like there's multiple factors. There's you know like you just named three, and there could be more like that we haven't really like discussed and we haven't figured out. Um, but like a lot of people would like will say like they'll they'll say like well la is unique because it has great weather that's why there's a lot of homeless people there. But when you look at other cities like Portland, Seattle, like I was in Seattle last november well this past yeah this past november i was over there and uh i mean the entire downtown seattle has homeless homeless people all over the place there's camp there's little like camps set up there's little there's people just like like just passed out just with blankets and stuff so i mean it's very very obvious that there's a huge pop uh it's also a huge problem there seattle uh they have a higher rent up there too right there's a higher yeah but i mean i mean yeah it's definitely uh more expensive in in the city of seattle um but what i was referring as like the whole thing about it being a problem in la uh i mean again i'm trying to be careful not to talk about politics but the whole thing about being a a problem to la because of a weather is not necessarily true like you know like you seattle again it gets really cold out there when i was over there it was freezing I mean, at least by California standards, it was freezing. So, um, you you know, yeah, you know, and it's like, it's really tough because like a lot of people, I mean, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I know a lot of people that I've talked to, like they know that, you know, it's an issue, but they don't want to see it. Right. Um, That's kind of like why, like, it's like, well, it kind of gets away from the nuance because of the fact that, you know, people don't want to talk about it. And it's a very sensitive subject. Like, I mean, specifically when you're talking about mental health, like, it's really tough because, like, you look at, like, what happened with COVID. There was a lot of, like, you know, people that were financially sound going into COVID. And then come and then once COVID happened, 
boom. Like yeah. they're like the it was like the the foundation was just you know taken off directly from their feet. So I mean, right. you know, and you and I have talked about this a little bit, like in terms of like, you know, how we can do how what we can do now to set ourselves up so we can be as best prepared as possible. You know, I was fortunate to be able to work from home uh, and other people were not. So, I mean, you kind of like as a business person, like what, what are the things that you're trying to do in terms of like to keep you on your toes and making sure that you're always prepared and like financially? Um, so I went the entrepreneurial route just based off of just, I don't know, working for someone, I just couldn't stick it out. Like I, I had a government job. I used to work for Orange County. Uh, and I had a you know nice nine to five. It was good. I had healthcare benefits. Like life was good. Life was good. I did that for three years, but I just could not see myself behind a desk. Like it was driving me crazy. Like I was thinking, man, I'm gonna throw myself down some stairs. <laughs> I can't fit in this cubicle. It's just not not the life for me. So I did whatever I took to start side businesses so I could transition out of the nine to five to have my own business. So that's when I started my own car dealership, and from there. I was cool with that, but um, more recently, this like this whole COVID nineteen thing has shown me that you know in order to survive, you need to have multiple sources of income. Like you look at all these big rich billionaires, and they have multiple businesses. You know, Elon Musk has he's a serial entrepreneur. That guy has so many businesses going. Oh yeah. And you look at that, and you're like, okay, and on that scale, he's he's doing it. So I mean, me, I'm just you know a simple guy. I I could start you know a couple businesses here and there. Like that was my main. That's how my eyes have been open. So, um, but yeah, my first, uh, summer job is where I first got the idea. Like, oh, I can start working for myself, making my own money. And I, it's just so rewarding to, to do something and you get paid like that. Someone gives you cash in your hand, you know, not someone gives you a check. Like, thanks for your, your work here. Like it, it, it felt more fulfilling. Yeah. So, um, that's basically what I, um, I've opened my eyes to that. Like I need to be more financially literate. I need to know what's going on with the stock market. You, you know, people used to hear about the stock market. Like, what really is going on? Like, how are people making money? Like, how can I learn? Yeah. So, I basically started reading books and uh, I dipped my toe in the stock market, you know, the little Robinhood app. And, you know, I bought a couple stocks. I bought Apple, you know, and uh, what else? I think I bought like Microsoft, and a couple of little stocks, and I made a little money. I mean, I, uh, I'm still learning, but I. It's, it's, a, it's a long journey. That's the th- some people do that full time. For me, I just want to dip my toe, understand what's happening, and then, you know, use that as another investment tool, another source of income. But, yeah, I, I think one thing that everyone should be aware of, more aware of is, like, how, like you said, you have your job, you're able to work. A lot of people, their whole, their only source of income just got taken away, and they're sitting at home, and, you know, they got one stimulus check went out for, you know, $1,200 and like, it's not enough. Working like eight months, you're not going to survive with $1,200 in eight months. It's just not nine, I don't know how long we're in, nine months. You know, yeah. You can't survive on 1200 Like you have to have multiple sources of income. And, so, isn't, and the thing is like that 1200 bucks is not necessarily uh, the same for everybody. Like for somebody in California, like where we're at, $1,200, not even a month's rent in, in a lot of places, you know? Yeah. And then like... like yeah, like if you look at certain spots, like maybe out here in Texas, like yeah, that'll cover a one month rent, you know, or something like. But you know, like you said, it's not enough. Like, and you know, the thing, the thing is, from like in terms of a financial standpoint, like uh, I was, we were, we, I was, we both like to watch the Joe Rogan podcast, and uh, he yeah. brought, he brought uh, the what is it, Peter Scheif, and he was talking about how like when we went through the 
Great Depression in the 1930s, the reason why a lot of people were able to pull out was because they had savings. Where now nowadays, right. you know, inflation is so high and expenses are so high that it's kind of harder to, you know, stash away a little nest egg to survive these type of situations. And then again, I mean, who who would have predicted a basically a pandemic to strike? Like no one. Yeah. You know. On the scale, yeah. So and like the like the whole thing with like the homeless population back in I think as of. January of this year, it was estimated or at least counted to about 60,000 people in LA. And I think yeah. it, since that year, it went up. Well, that was already like a 12% increase, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's going up higher even more because people are like, you know, like they're, yeah. lo- they're losing their, their homes, they're losing their businesses. And it puts a lot of stress yeah. like like uh, on the mind because like if you're, especially if you're like the sole provider, like whether it's guy or girl, you're the sole provider, yeah. like. And you lose that job, then the whole the whole entire family is you know, you know, going to be struggling, right? And I just too like restaurants. If you own a restaurant, your <clears throat> restaurant's gone. Mm-hmm. Like if you know if you own a salon, if you own a barbershop, I mean, you still have to pay your rent, and you can't work, you can't cut hair, or do nails. Your your business is gone. So that's that's homeless people right there. That you just. That's crazy, but especially here with the restrictions that have in California, I think it's probably one of the most strict states. As far as like Texas, you guys are a little bit more lax compared to California, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, things, uh, I mean, we were one of the the first few states to start opening up like before the initial, like after the initial wave. And then uh, right now we're kind of just like at a standstill. We're slowly starting to open back up, but um yeah, so it's a bit. I mean, people at the very least are still working here for for to some degree. Like, they found like certain loophole, like like bars found certain loophole holes by like serving food to be able to stay afloat. Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's clever. Okay. Yeah. You gotta figure a way. You gotta find a way. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the things that I I did preach about in the in an episode of what is it prior that I filmed that I filmed is that we gotta like we need to like be better adept adapted to like do with a little bit and oh, stretch shit. it out like a lot you know out. i'm cutting out <clears throat> oh damn yep you're completely frozen all right give us a second uh so we're gonna try to get this back on i apologize to those that are listening um unfortunately we're dealing with a little bit of spotty internet and not sure why this is going on right now Mm. Okay, you're slowly coming back. Damn, that's not that bad. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's me though. I think it might be you. Might be me. All right, I'm sorry. So uh, you were saying that we need to learn to adapt. Yeah, like we need to. Uh, so one of the, uh, one important skill that I think is great just. In every aspect of life, I think, I mean, me personally, as my personal opinion, is just being able, like, the whole thing with, like, being able to stretch out every single penny, right? You can apply that to a lot of different things. Like, for example, right now, like, uh, I'm just kind of struggling just because of the change in temperature with fishing. So, I have, I make sure that whenever I go on one fishing trip, if I catch multiple fish, I'll take pictures of each fish. But I'll only slowly release, like, one picture at a time and stuff. That way I have other, like, you know, pictures that are not necessarily, like, on my Instagram or on my social media. Even though they were, like, way back in the past, like, maybe, like, two weeks, you know, prior, I can release them still. So I can still keep the content flowing, right? 
Um, Got it. You know, things like that. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, kind of a weird example because it doesn't translate so much for, into finance. But, I mean, like, there's different things that we can do. Like, just like meal prepping. Like, and, you know, you know best because, you know, the gym and everything. Like, you know, you figure out to meal prep, like, how can you, how can you reuse, like, a piece of chicken in a different way so you don't get bored because if you get bored you tend to like shop around because you want something different or something like that right so so it's definitely a good skill to have and uh, i I definitely think like to what you were saying that having multiple streams of of income kind of plays into that because it's like i mean even though like all right well maybe like for example like me and my youtube videos and all that stuff maybe that only gets me like 100 bucks a month okay well that's food if i can if I can budget it right, it can last me two weeks. Right. So that'll pay for two. That'll pay for two weeks worth of food. That frees up other income to start investing in other stuff and you know other things like that. Right. So I think I don't know. I think overall uh, it'd be worth kind of like researching. I mean, we do have the internet, which is almost almost like free to a certain degree because it's pretty cheap, relatively speaking. Of course, I mean, obviously, it's not yeah. one size fits all, but. You know, we can just start researching how to make money, how to do this. Just the key thing yeah. is just to make sure we don't fall into some kind of like business scam, right? So, um, yeah. yeah. I think like, uh, yeah, there's, there's so many ways. I, I was, it's kind of a weird fantasy, but I was fantasizing making like a, like a how-to video, like how to get out of being homeless. Like if I was a homeless person, I had nothing going, like nothing. How would I, you know, get from step one to step two, from, you know, A to B? Like how would I get a little money in my pocket and then grow from there? I think there's even a show called... Uh, what it's called but it's basically about this billionaire dude it's a it's a, it's a tv show and he explains how he, he he creates a multi-million dollar company in like 30 <coughs> days or something like that and yeah. he starts off with just him and his truck and he's sleeping in his truck and from there he gets a job and from that job he stashes away a little bit of money and starts the side business and then he grows that side business to fund another business and then i guess within 30 days or something like that he's supposed to start a create a multi-million dollar company and he's a billionaire so like he already knows the know-how like what to do but I, I, would, I, would, I actually I don't know why I didn't check that show, but that, just the concept of it sounds pretty interesting. Well, also remember, uh, the, I don't know why that just triggered a memory from like middle school. Like, uh, remember when you used to like lend me your lunch money? That way I can play quarters, and we <laughs> and, and we I would return your investment like you know like well it was like twice, three times as much or something like that. Like every single yeah. time. That's an investment. There you go. I still I, I still have the year the yearbook entry like the one that you wrote for me. You were like you know, whatever, have a like good year or whatever. And it's like, you were always a good investment. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dude, I'm going to keep that forever. Dude, that's still stashed yeah. away somewhere. Dude. And it's uh, you know I mean, you know, too, like, I think, I think, but looking back on it, like the only reason why I was like so behind on doing something. Cause like, I, like I just, you know, I've told you like what I'm trying to do in, in terms of like the businesses that I'm trying to open. I think a lot of it came from a place of complaints, complacency, Oh yeah, you know, yeah. yeah i was working like you said nine to five and like you know you had your government job where you're taking care of i had you know my a private sector job where i was also taken care of and i just figured well i have my house now i have my family my family safe you know i have my sports car that i've always wanted i'm good but yeah. you know it's like then i start kind of to like fishing and like other different hobbies and you know i'm trying to like i'm like all right well you know I, i'm basically paying this much for my house, this much for my car, this much for other utilities. If I really want to li- live the life that I want to live, I need to have some other, you know, sources of income. And also, most importantly, too, like, uh, I mean, even once you have 
additional streams of income, it's also important that we should not necessarily depend that they'll always be there, right? Right. So, you know, it goes back to like doing a lot with a little, like just pretend like if you're still making your base salary and just, you know, every once in a while, plan a vacation, plan a hiking trip, plan something. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff to do. I mean, I don't know if... I don't know if you go hiking, like, do you go, like, you? I think you've, yeah. yeah, you go hiking a lot. Like, that is something that's kind of relatively cheap, right? Like, you can just go, yeah, yeah. like, maybe the worst you have to pay is parking or gas. Parking. That's it, yeah. Yeah, even the beach, that's too. It. Yeah. Beach, yeah, if you gotta pay parking, that's it, yeah, but you can go to the beach. Like, this, this outdoors is, a lot of outdoors is free. You can just enjoy the outdoors, like, that fresh air. Even, speaking of COVID, I could talk about how, like, a lot of people are deficient in vitamin D. A lot of these vitamins, a lot of the stuff, just by being outside, you naturally get it. Yeah. And people are stuck in their homes and, you know, going crazy in the homes when, you know, getting some fresh air, some sunlight <clears throat> would be good for your mental health, you know, and your physical health. And it's not, that's not really reported as much. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot a lot of, um, like, a lot, so there's some people that can deal with being stuck indoors, you know, forever right there's some people that can do that uh but i think generally speaking a lot of people are not meant and we're not necessarily built as humans to be like that you know we're we're kind of more built to like go out and like you can tell too because i mean you're sitting around all day at your desk you're gonna stiffen up like really bad and then you have health problems like i think they i think they declared uh uh what is it sitting down at your desk is the new smoking which is like you know it makes sense yeah it makes sense my i'm gonna call it a cubicle job a week after i got my cubicle job they said that sitting down for like most of the day takes years off of your life i'm like oh my god and i just got this job i'm like i'm gonna be sitting <laughs> like i'm so depressed yeah and then, uh, especially and then where i worked I, uh, I used to work at the county like they they would always like send memos emails and like oh this person retired you know that person retired and they'd be like this person passed away I'm like oh crap then this person passed away and then it's like oh crap like all these people are passing away of course they're older but this idea of me sitting at a cubicle for the next thirty years like depressed me so bad like I could not see myself and it's not good for you like I got I gained weight I started getting heavier like all that is just like this is not for me I can't be sitting down yeah yeah man like uh when I first started my career. Um, I work in IT, and um, when I first started that, I uh, I was very fortunate. That the first company I started had like their own ergonomics division, so they were kind of like they would come in, make sure everything was set up correctly, so you were like standing straight. Your you know your your legs were at like a ninety degree angle. You were making sure you're always like this, not like that, and not like that. So you know like when into those people that are, they can't necessarily see the video, but like the what I'm saying is like they're not slouching over. Um, you know, while typing and making sure that all your joints are at neutral position. That way, you know, it doesn't really make your muscles as stiff. Uh, so I had that luxury in that company. So when I, by the time I left and went to the next one, um, I didn't follow that. And then sure enough, I had plantar fasciitis. My calf was really tight. I remember one time when I was driving from, from LA all the way to San Diego, because I was, I, we were just going on a trip, my mom and I, I came back on the drive back. I couldn't move my leg anymore, dude. Like I had to like, what? like, yeah, like I got out and like, I almost fell. Cause you know, I was able to move it like to the side, but yeah. as soon as I touched the concrete, like I couldn't, I didn't have enough weight on it. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And like slowly the feeling came back and yeah. And, uh, that's when I, I joined the UFC gym and I started and I, some, I mean, it was just by a pure coincidence. The guy was like, dude, we have a special right now for personal trainers. And, and I'm thinking, and I'm going in there like, 
like an ass thinking, oh, yeah, I know everything. I'm good. I'm good. And then and then uh, he comes in. He goes, oh, so do you got any paint? Like, like the guy that was setting me up with the trainer, he's like, do you have any pain anywhere with so-and-so? I'm like, yeah, on my leg. Like, I have it on my lower leg. Oh, that's plantar fasciitis. So we need to make sure that this, this, this. I got the perfect trainer for you. So he set, he set me up with the trainer. The first, like, two sessions were nothing but stretching and correction of posture, dude. And, uh, dude, dude, I was just like, I'm going nuts here. Like, I want to, like, train. Like, why am I spending so much money? And, I mean, it was cheap, relatively speaking. But, like, why am I spending so much money on this dude for two sessions where I'm not doing anything? And I was... Yeah. But but now to this day, now that I know how to stretch, where to stretch, it's like it's been amazing because like I I go home and I see my brother, my brother's in back pain, and I'm like, you know, just fine, refreshed, and everything. Like I'm able to play with my nephew and niece a lot more uh, than just like you know my dad who's a little bit tired because you know and not, hasn't really been keeping up with the stretching. So it's a lot of different things, dude. And uh, that also kind of contributes to mental health because I remember when I was you know stretching out and my muscles were all nice and loose, like. I just felt better, like, you know, and I was able yeah, to walk better, sure. you know? Yeah. It was a lot more confident. We were talking about the other day, I was telling you how, like, you work out in the mornings, which I, I see that, like, it's motivating, you know, motivating when you see stuff like that. Or, you know, like, or I reference Jocko, like, you see Jocko, that dude's up at four, more in the morning every time, like, that's, it's it's motivating, it's also like a kick in the ass, like, hey, man, get your lazy butt up, you know, get in the morning, get your workout in, and, but yeah, definitely working out in the morning like, is very, very rewarding. Like you start the day off like I already accomplished something, you know. And yeah. you feel good. You're awake. And um, uh, I, I read like a quote that said like basically, uh, wake up before sunrise, 365 days of a year, and see if nothing has changed. And I was like, oh, that probably something will change. <laughs> something will change. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like, dude, like, I mean, like, it doesn't have to be like you know, a serious workout, like, you know, doing kettlebells, like at a, at a rate of like 50 miles an hour or something like that. Like it, it doesn't have to be anything like that. Really. Like what the, something as simple as like me, I, I can't stand running, dude. Like I hate running. <laughs> I hate running. So like, I'm not like, you see Cameron Haynes and like, you see that dude and that dude runs marathons. Yeah, exactly. It makes me feel like crap. And just like, Oh man, like I'm a lazy piece of crap. And, uh, I think they literally do it because they hate it the most. They're like, like, I don't know, Goggins, he's like, I hate running, and that's probably why he does it. Like, that dude's... David uh, Goggins, yeah, he's another yeah. good inspirational guy, yeah. You know? Goggins, like, I think that dude, he's like, I hate running, I'm gonna run. And, like, he just, he just <clears throat> I think he likes punishing himself. The dude likes to punish himself. Well, it's one, it's one of those things that, like, you know, like, it's kind of like when, you, when you're building muscle, like, you gotta break it apart, you gotta break it apart slowly and then rebuild it. And it's the same thing with, like, I mean, the way he's going about it in terms of, like, you know, his overall health and... You know, like it's it's kind of a weird thing because I don't want to uh, like correlate uh, and at least make the association of that with mental health because I mean you can have a serious mental breakdown and you know like things can happen really bad and when you have that mental breakdown and uh, you know you I don't want to necessarily say that but like when you go through a lot of stuff like you you know you're more mentally adapted if you can overcome and things like that and like yeah. even even just like like you said like getting up and being able to say like well I was able to get up the entire week at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., or whatever, like, you know, and go run or go walk. Like, it could be something as simple as walking, dude, and, like, yeah. just start simple, right? Yeah, I, I think as far as that, that, that mental stress, like, say, you know, you're about to, you might lose your job. Like, that's, like, a mental stressor, right? Mm. I think when these situations, like Goggins and, uh, what was the reference to, uh, but basically anybody who, who, who works out, like, they're, forcing mental stress upon themselves and like that's like a good exercise because it, it kind of strengthens your mind so when life throws something at you you're 
able to just overcome it a lot easier because you basically force yourself into a mentally stressed situation like working out that's like it's, it's an easy way to, to stress yourself out mentally like to wake up in the morning to that, that discipline discipline basically it's, it's, it's stressful to like force yourself to do something like that and i think that's probably one of the ways you know for as far as mental health like you need to work out your mind you need to apply pressure i think that joe rogan talks about that he goes everybody needs to like there's physical like far as working out and then there's like mental stresses that you need to have to make sure your mind is healthy yeah uh, yeah because like i said like a lot of people when COVID 19 hit they're locked in their house like this is stresses that were forced upon them by outside forces and that was you know a lot for a lot of some people to handle it like they could they could handle that but i'm thinking if you were someone who is used to testing yourself in that way maybe you would handle it a lot better i would think I mean, I, I feel maybe. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's not necessarily one size fits all. But I mean, because like there's yeah. some people that with a kick in the ass, they'll they'll be motivated. There's some people you do that to, you'll drive them worse into that hole. Break. Yeah. Break them, yeah, you'll break them way worse. So it's like, that's why like I, I don't like going by like these self-help books because it's like it's tailored to one specific thing. And I mean, it's cool if you fit that, you know, that type of person or, you know, if that's the way you can get motivated, perfectly fine. But the problem is that, you know, there's there, there could be like this isn't one of the things that I feel like sometimes we can fall in traps uh, by. Like we see like a motivational, not necessarily Goggins or like Cameron Haynes or any, or even Joe Rogan. Like, but we see like some other people that are trying to be motivators, and they are like, if you don't do this, you don't do this, you don't do this, you'll never be successful. I mean, okay, if it's in your, if it's in a similar situation where you came from and, and you did the same thing, sure, maybe, but like, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same thing. Like, it's going to not going to be the same thing for anybody really. Like regardless of income level even like you like people if like we're in the same income level they react differently to different things that's kind of what makes us unique as humans we're not necessarily all one like giant monolith where we all react to the same thing sure there might be something that you know makes us react i mean makes a, a good amount of us react the same but that's not always the case so like and like i think another uh, pitfall that we that we can fall into is like when we start like respect i mean this is specifically to working out and i know we kind of went on a little tangent we'll 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 go back to the mental to the other two uh, uh factors of mental health but i know like for example when it comes to working out like uh sometimes a mistake that people can do is like they look at somebody that they're aspiring to be and it's like you don't have to necessarily aspire to be that person like you can follow what they're saying but you know don't necessarily like expect to see that exact same result but just with your face on it you know yeah like that's kind of like it's go it goes for guys and girls but you know i I would imagine it'd be worse for for women but you know it's it's one of those things where it's like you have you know like look look at this person this looks really this guy looks you know really fit and all stuff and he does like a hundred like pull-ups in like uh, 20, 20 seconds or something ridiculous things, things yeah. like that. And it's like, well, I mean, you, 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 you might be able to get to that point, but you shouldn't really stress about getting to that point. Your, you know, your goal should be first actually doing, you know, the workouts and, you know, gain that process going. And then from so, there, yeah. yes. And then slowly set up goals, 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 just because you, I mean, if you're the type of person you want to reach for the stars, right off the bat, Hey, go for it. And if it gets your results, who am I to tell you to stop, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. uh, it's one of those things. Like, I feel like like it's because like you know you have marketing of like different like supplements. Like you see these persons, like these people that are like all ripped, and it's like try this, you know, like this one five sec- this one of five secrets yeah. like to get you shredded yeah. without any work. I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, like 
when like the bow flex, you does a bow flex, you want to get you ripped, or like the the little pull up bar. They have some like bodybuilder dudes doing a little pull up bar. Like look, and basically it's like yeah, they're like they're insinuating like hey, if you just do these pull ups with our special pull up bar, you're gonna get jacked like this dude. But that's not. Yeah, that's just. I, I think it, they just know that that that's what works. You know, if you've just been sitting, if you've been, if you've been a person who's not been, you know, in sports or you know, in physical activity the whole your, your whole life, but the one day you're like, I'm fed up, I want to get in shape. Maybe uh, you know, one of those advertisements would work for you. Like you, you think that that works, but I mean, anybody who's at least done some minor working out, like they know, like no, you're not just gonna get this pull up bar and become jacked and get abs and like you know, your legs and all that. Yeah, but it works for. I mean, or it works to sell the product. That's what it does a lot. So that's their goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like I said, we're you're going to be hearing this. I mean, the viewers are going to be viewers and listeners are going to be hearing this a lot throughout the podcast. Um, it's not one size fits all. Like it might work with a few people and that's okay. And some people might try and realize that it doesn't work. That's also okay too. Like, I mean, you just haven't found your way. I mean, the most important thing is not to give up. Like, you know, I, like you've heard me say this on like my Instagram, it's kind of just like, you know, you don't necessarily have to go hundred miles an hour the entire time of the journey. You can go 30, you can go 15, you can go five, you can go one. As long as you're constantly moving. You know, that's the whole yeah. important thing. Like you're not, you're not in a competition unless it's with yourself. Like as long as you're, yeah. you know, even if you're one step away from the day before, I mean, one step further than the day before there's already progress and it's okay. Yeah. Like it, I mean, yeah. that that's what I, I mean, that's what I kind of just preach nowadays. Cause it's like people like look at this other person. Like I'm like, I'm kind of like, you know, seeing like in the social media world where it's like, Oh, well this person already has this many followers. Well, you know, yeah. you, you don't know, like maybe they found a niche, maybe they're paying for their followers. Maybe, you know, they've yeah. been doing it for like 10 years, 15 years. Like you don't know, like, you know, so it's like to for you to compare yourself to such a high standard and really, really make that your focus could potentially stress yourself out too. And you don't, you know, you don't want that because if you want to do something that you love, you need to go at your own pace. Otherwise you'll get burned out. I think, was it, I think there's a quote that says like envy is a thief of joy something like that. Envy is a thief of joy? Envy is a thief of joy. Oh, okay. I never heard that one. So, they, or is it, is it envy or something? Basically, you look at what someone else has, and you're no longer happy with what you have. So, basically, oh. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, you may, have, you know, I woke up this morning, I walked a mile, then you see some dude who ran, you know, ten miles, and just because they ran ten miles, your your one mile is not good enough. Now you're unhappy. Like you can't you can't compare yourself to other people in that way because you're just doing your own joy. By doing that yeah one of my great grade school teachers i think in high school was saying something similar but he didn't say that same that saying like you know envy is the thief of joy like uh but he basically said like like because when he was trying to tell us like he was trying to tell us that money can't really buy happiness and the way the example he used was like well if you make like if you're not making anything you're poor you're making like thirty thousand a year like you're gonna you're gonna like if you're in an area where other people around you making are making fifty thousand a year you're not gonna be happy, but if you're in an area where you're making other people are making thirty thousand as well, you'll be a little bit more happy. But even then, like if you get to the point where you're now you're making a hundred thousand, like you look at the fifty thousand mark, you're like, oh well, I'm I'm good because like I'm making way more than that. But you surround yourself with people that are making two hundred thousand yeah. dollars, then you start kind of like wondering like, oh well, maybe I'm not doing as well, and then that kind of just again strips your joy like and i'm not saying that money can buy happiness right because i mean yes and no i mean it's kind of a weird topic and it's kind of i guess somewhat controversial nowadays 
But you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Money controversy, yeah. I mean, it's it's the reality. Like you got to have money to be able to survive, and then survival is not the same as living. You know, there's two different. There, there's a difference. That's true. So, yeah. but yeah, but tying it back to uh, mental health. So, I mean, yeah, like we went off on a little bit of a tangent, but I think it was still a good uh, discussion overall. But the other thing is like the drug, the drug, drug use. And again, I hate to bash on California because, you know, that's where I grew up. But, you know, you look at San Francisco, you look at L.A. and oh it's so bad. Like it really like, is bad. Every, I swear, um, I live in the Inland Empire. I live here in Ontario. Mm-hmm. So that's the Inland Empire. I'm like, like 30 minutes away from LA, and then uh, there's Orange County, which like, I drive down into Orange County a lot of times, do business out there. And like the things that I see is just crazy. But I was talking to someone else about like the homeless problem. Like, what do you do with these people? Because I was driving, I, I was stopped at a light. And I looked over, I saw a man with his shirt off. He had no shirt. He was laying on the ground. And he was wearing sweats. His sweats were down, midway down his thigh. And he had his hand down his pants, basically. He was jacking off on the sidewalk. Yeah. Right there, middle of the day. It's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And obviously, the dude's not all there. Yeah. And what do you do with a guy like that? <clears throat> like, obviously, what he was doing is an illegal act, so he can get arrested for that. But he's mentally ill. And yeah. he's just out on the street. And, like, what, what are you supposed to do to a person like that, you know? Like, yeah, I mean... First, like, I... Just this, uh, the other day, I was driving. I was looking at again. I stopped at the light. I look over, and there's a guy at a bus stop. He's sitting on the bench. He has a beer in his hand, and it's just like it's, it's just like dripping down his his mouth. And he's just yelling at nothing. He's just yelling and talking. There's no one there. He's just at not the traffic. It's, you can tell he's not anybody. He's just talking to himself loudly, yelling. He's just crazy, dude. He's he's drinking a kind of drinking a beer. It's just dripping all down his face. Like he's not even really drinking it. Like. Yeah. It's just yelling at nothing. Yeah, it's man. Annoying. It's no. Yeah, I got you. It's really sad. It's sad because again, like, what do you like? You said, what do you do? Like, you know, that that question comes a lot, and there's some people that think they have the answer and either make it worse or just don't do anything really, and uh, it's really tough. The doing nothing is basically what's been happening. Like most, like I guess the government doesn't have a solution, so they just do nothing. But I, I believe when they they. Um, there was some law that passed in California that allowed basically people to be homeless and like live on the on the sidewalks. Like before, you couldn't set up a tent on the sidewalk, and that was why it was a lot less tents. Like there was, I think, a special force with police that came in. You had your tent or your shopping cart on the sidewalk. They'd remove it, and then you'd have to come to like the station and pick up your shopping cart or your your tent. And then someone passed a law allowing that. Like you you, you couldn't. It's not. They said it's not illegal to be homeless, and that may be true, but I think the illegality of, of, of uh, living on the public right away is what basically made the big difference, because now they can be all over the sidewalks. They block off whole streets, mm-hmm. because the public right away is now where they get to live, you know? So... Yeah. So really quick. Um, so to all the listeners, uh, we kind of skipped the whole thing about, you know, drug abuse and we're kind of just going more into like the mental illness type of thing. Um, we'll get back to the drug abuse in a little bit. But um, yeah, and we're when we're talking about the law necessarily, we're not necessarily bringing it up in the sense of like having a political discussion just in terms of like what the events took place. Uh, just, you know, so everybody keep, keeps that in mind. Um, yeah. And I and I do. Uh, you're right. Uh, Anthony and all that 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 did happen that was a law that did uh, get basically written into the law 
And uh, another thing, too, where I found the correlation of where this started is when you look at, like, uh, how many mental institutions were closed down in the state of California. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where them closing down can get into politics. But I just want to, you know, bring that up in the sense of, like, that happened. And I think right around that, when that happened, you start seeing the homelessness grow and grow because, I mean, like. That was was like in the 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, a lot of that stuff started progressing there. And it's just one of those things where, like you said, what do you do at that point? Like, you know, some people like a lot of families may not have the the financial resources to deal with a mentally ill person. Uh, Others might not have like, you know, the mental capacity for themselves to be able to deal with that. It's really a struggle that I mean, I'm not sure if anyone really has a solution for but because you know, like you can have schizophrenia, you can have a bunch of other different things like, like, I mean, what do you do with those people like without the right amount of resources? So it's really difficult to really say like, Oh, with this magic wand, I'm gonna just wipe them all out. Like, no, it doesn't, you know, I mean, not necessarily wipe them out, like kill them, but you know, just like, you know, you know, fix them and like, <laughs> I'm not talking about like Thanos doing the Thanos on all the homeless yeah, people. No, yeah. no, <laughs> no, I'm not talking yeah. about that. But you know, it's like it, it's tough, man. Like honestly, like um, it, it it's. I mean, I think the the best thing that we can do, like in terms of like just a regular common person, like just don't see them as like something that's scary. I mean, obviously, like you know, don't necessarily like you know. Even that though, but some of them are harmless, some of them are not. You know, I mean, like I said, the, the example is you know the guy laying down on the sidewalk doing what he was doing. Like if you're a family driving in the car, you know, you, your family driving in the car, like that's a guy on the sidewalk doing what he's doing. Like it's in your face. Like yeah, you know, yeah, it's hard to really say. Yeah, and if you, if you want to go to the park, you know, with your family, you see like needles in the park or dudes like camping out in the bathroom at the park. You can't even use the bathroom at the park because there's people living in the bathroom or, you know, they have their tents over there behind some trees. Like, you know, it kind of encroaches on your, I guess, the way you enjoy life if you see all these other people with, with poverty. I guess, you know, I don't know. It's like you can't, to a certain point, you can avoid it until it grows and it grows like it has been growing and eventually it'll, it'll encroach in your way of life. So yeah. they have to find a solution. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm more talking about in the sense of like, for example, like, you look at it and you see it as a problem of like mental health and you don't just see them as like abominations of like the earth that just need to go away. Like, yeah, like you need to stay away, like, you know, obviously to protect your family, like in that example that you gave. Um, And you got to be aware of that. Obviously like that goes without saying, but it's kind of like, like, uh, I mean, like go back to the example before where people were saying like, I don't want to see it. Like, you know, I know it's happening, but I don't want to see it. Well, Okay, but like you're saying it from a standpoint of like, well, these, I mean, you're almost saying like they're not necessarily human. Like, you know, it's it's a human person that has a mental health issue, which is kind of the sad thing to think about. But, you know, that's just what it is, right? Like, um, they did nothing wrong. I mean, a lot of mental health issues like that, like mental illnesses are basically chemical imbalances in your brain. And, uh, you know, you have really no control over. Um, I mean, that kind of brings up another question. Like, what do you think the roles of, uh, uh, the role of psychedelics and even like, or, and, or prescription drugs? Like, what do you think, like, how the, do they have a role in our society in terms of affecting this? Like, do you think, do you uh, think anything at all in that subject or? Well, it's like, 
psychedelics? Well, so there's first the psychedelics, right? And then there's and then second the pharmaceuticals, really. Like, you know, like you see those the commercials on TV a lot. And uh, you know, some of them might help. Like I, I know a couple of people that are like on Prozac and stuff and they're perfectly fine. Some right. people have to double up or even take another different prescription just to make sure that, that the first one doesn't give them any kind of suicidal thoughts or anything like that. Yeah. So I it's mean, intense. Yeah, it's yeah. In, it's intense. Um so far pharmaceuticals and psychedelics. Um I definitely do believe that there's been some abuse as far as like pharmaceuticals to a certain extent. But uh put up but um like I, I keep thinking about like uh schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Now schizophrenia is it's interesting because Jeanette, you could have a schizophrenia in your family and when it pronounces itself it could be triggered, you know, by the use of psychedelics or, you know, certain pharmaceuticals. Like some people who like they have they have a history of uh, schizophrenia in the family if they use, you know, just smoke weed, marijuana, like that could bring that could uh, that could trigger schizophrenia earlier in their age, and now you're schizophrenic in your twenties because I guess it uh, it pronounces itself in in your twenties. That's when schizophrenia is, is triggered mm-hmm. in your twenties. So it's kind of you got you got you to think like some people become mentally ill from using certain substances. However, like I think of like soldiers have been or you know people with PTSD. How they have used and now there are certain studies they they're using certain psychedelics. I think they're using like MDMA or other things to actually treat the you know trauma they experience. So there's definitely a role uh, in helping some people. And on the flip side, some people you know get tr- triggered and affected negatively from that. But I'm all for uh, natural re- remedies. I prefer more natural than pharmaceuticals. But right. Right, I mean, if you, if you can, like, smoke the plant, why do you need to take, like, a, you know, what is it, a, like, I don't know, met, not metformin, what is it, uh, methamphetamine or anything like that, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's, um, it's it, yeah, and, uh, I mean, with the psychedelics and stuff like that, I mean, I know the only reason why I bring up bring that up is because I know, like, you hear in different states that are trying to use that as a way of treating PTSD and, and yeah. You know, and things like that. So, like you said, if there's if, if there's a safe way that you know that can be implemented, why not? Right? Like, yeah. like why not? I know there's a, a stigma around that a little bit, um, yeah. but at this point, like in certain situations, we have to consider: well, what's the worst thing that can happen? Either, yeah. like like I try this, it doesn't work, or I just keep going with my life and end up like taking my own life or something like that. You know, and yeah. um, that's kind of scary because, I mean. Like these mental health and all these mental illnesses, like there, there could be some where you, people hurt themselves, and you know, it's it's kind of sad. But even like with the pharmaceuticals, like the pharmaceuticals, I mean, the the only thing that I don't like about that is the fact that there's they're basically advertised like if it's almost like Skittles or something like on TV, they got so much airtime where it's like. Like you hear, like sometimes, like oh, you know, are you like sad, depressed, whatever, so and so? Well, take this; it'll make your life a lot better. And then that's that's all they say about the benefits. And then for the next twenty, thirty seconds, yeah, man. And that's and that's the part that like gets me. Like I'm not against like pharmaceuticals, but like, how is it that 
your advertisement, you're advertising it like you know more than the doctor, you know, like, yeah. like how, like that's what really upsets me in, <clears throat> in a way, because again, it's not that I'm like anti-science or nobody really can take this yeah. position and necessarily be anti-science. It's just like, no, like we're talking about like a human's life, a human's mental health, you know, and, yeah, it, and I, think, I think when it comes to that, I think most like pharmaceuticals, it's more, it's, it's revenue based. So it's more, it's about the money, money talks, you know? Yeah. So if they can sell their, their product and make the most amount of money, that's really their goal. You know, like it's not, they don't prioritize the patient. They're basically just whatever makes the most money. And that, that's what, that's what they're throwing the most of their research and development into. And I feel like MDMA or, you know, um, these other uh, psychedelics that they're, doing studies on they might they just don't see the revenue in that or you know so that's probably it just it just comes down to money and there's no money in there because if you know if you like for instance we'll say marijuana weed like if they see all the health benefits of, of marijuana or weed like they can't monopolize weed like weed is out there you know it's a plant like you can't just say that plant belongs to us and us only so i guess it just it just comes to money it's a it's a money it's a financial thing right yeah you know, these things yeah. yeah i mean um the whole thing with like drug addiction too i mean that can i'm pretty sure we can link that to money too like and uh a person that is meant like i feel like me personally there's two addiction to, uh, there's two types of addiction you have your physical addiction you have your mental addi addiction i'm not sure which one is harder to kick you know like because something you know there's a saying or i mean not even a saying i'm sorry so this is from a comedy show and it was meant to be comedic but i don't think truer words have ever been spoken um like there's a the, the thing where it's like well sometimes the prisons that are harder to break out of are the ones without bars and that was again meant to be purely for comedy purposes but when i see when i hear that i think mental prisons which in some regard, it's it's a lot harder to break out of a mental right. prison than it is, you know, to break out of a physical one. So I think yeah. I think in that from that standpoint, like it's harder to kick off a mental addiction to something like a, like you know like heroin and things like that. And like I think you see that in in LA to a certain degree because some people are not mentally stable for whatever reason, loss of job, things like that, and they get it on the street. You know, you're sharing needles now, like and, and people are sharing needles and stuff like that. And it's kind of bad, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it, it's 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 a complicated issue, and uh, you know it's like, well, well, what do we do with that? Like, you know, it's 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 complicated. I mean, in those kind of situations, you know, for those type of situations, it's kind of hard to really. Some people like if you you know take them out to a sport, they'll end up like like I've seen people quit drinking from like because they dedicated themselves to like playing a sport, doing something outside, even fishing or something yeah. like that. Like you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you seen there's a this is a documentary on uh, Netflix. This from this guy named Khalif Browder. I haven't seen it. So this kid in New York who got locked up, and he was, I guess, he was in he was in jail for like over a year without being charged. Mm -hmm. And then like he was abused by guards and all that. And then when he got out of jail, uh, they went and they sued the state for basically imprisoning him for over a year without you know giving him a fair trial. And in the end, in the end, he committed suicide. But when he got out, like, one of the things that they were trying to do to help him, you know, is to rehabilitate from what the trauma the, that he, he experienced from being in jail and, you know, getting beat up and just this terrible, terrible stuff that he had to endure was they were actually going to take him out, I believe, to, like, Colorado. Like, there was a program where they take troubled youth out out into the wilderness, you know, just to spend time in the wilderness, and that 
kind of helps re- re- rehabilitate people. And it's like a, a calming effect, and it's good for your mental health. And you know, just, just thinking about the example you said right now, you had a friend who would start playing baseball or uh, sports, mm-hmm. and I think if you're having like mental stress, I think like one of the first things you might want to try before turn pharmaceuticals and all like that is just physical activity. You know, like it's a very it's free. You know, you could do a couple push ups. You do a burpee, like that's free. You can do that right now. Give that a try. Yeah. You know, a week or two. And then, you know, you know, that's not doing it. Then you could turn to, you know, pharmaceuticals if that's what your doctor prescribes you. But I think a lot of people when they get you know, they start having mental health issues, they they just they kind of collapse on themselves when, you know, that's something you, one of the first steps you can do, just break a sweat, you know? Break a sweat doing something. Yeah, there's no uh, enemy that knows you best than yourself, really. I mean, yeah. it's kind of sounds kind of cliche, but I mean, I it's kind of true most of the time. Like, you yeah. know, it's like you you know your best weakness, so you know how to like hurt yourself the most. Like, even though it's it might be like what is it subconscious, but you know, like I feel like that's the case a lot of the times. And I mean, it it's that's kind of the inspiration because again, um, like COVID hit, I was going stir crazy here here at home. I had a fishing pole. That was the only thing I was able to do. Went fishing and it definitely helped me out. So, um, I mean, again, like I'm, like I said at the beginning of the, of the, of the episode, like we're not necessarily mental experts, but if, you know, somebody can benefit from what we're talking about, take something positive and, or at least, you know, react to like in the sense that, Oh, well, I, I didn't know that was going down that path. Maybe I can try something else and start looking like if for whatever, you know, f- you know, suits their needs and, you know, whatever makes it feel better. Like, yeah, I'll be, I'll be happy with seeing that, right? So that was my main motivation behind this this uh, podcast, and I'm hoping that I could continue having these discussions with people. And uh, you know, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I mean, we're approaching the the hour mark, but I definitely yeah. want to keep having you on more frequently. And uh, because we, yeah. you know, we we didn't. I mean, mental health oh. is such a huge topic. I want to ask you, how, how did you get into fishing? How did I get into fishing? Because uh, like, I've only been fishing one time, and that was in you know Echo Park, right? Yeah. I was down at Echo Park and like some dude was just fishing. He's like, I asked him, like, yeah, I was a kid. I was probably like eight, nine years old. I was like, hey, how do you fish? He's like, this is what you do. You just, the dude had like a, a big thing of Coke. He was just drinking Coke. He be like, he's drinking Coke and just fishing. And I was like, well, how do you do this? You know? And then I, I think the week after that, I went to like Big Fibers and that, got some poles and tried to fish in Echo Park Lake, you know? So I don't think there's any fishing there right now. I don't know. It's a little Echo Park. It's in LA. So, and I, even now, I wouldn't go down there. LA is not safe. <laughs> but, so I want to know, like, your journey. How did you start? Uh, again, so COVID was the best motivator. Um, so I, I, the poll that I had was recommended by one of my friends that got me into fishing. He was on the podcast, uh, on episode two. Um, he got me into fishing. I, my very first fishing trip was with him. It was out when I was still in, in uh, California, out in Newport beach. And, uh, I loved it. The only problem is that I kept on procrastinating to actually, you know, do it more often. So, uh, fast forward to COVID, um, like, I, I was just like, you know what? I have a fishing pole. And like the very first thing when I cast it, I thought I knew better. And like I casted it out and the type of bait that I was using was meant to kind of like wiggle through the water and I put a weight on it. So it just basically got it. Like I wasn't supposed to put the weight, the, the, the bait was supposed to do all the work and I put a weight on it and it just, it just sank. So, yeah. so that was uh, the first attempt, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna regroup myself, and then I just. Did you, did you know? Did you know at that point, like, wait, is something wrong? Or you're like, what's 
why is nothing happening? Yeah, yeah. I knew at that point I was like, wait, this feels funny. I'm not sure if I'm even if this is even like is supposed to wait the way it's supposed to move. Um, yeah. So basically, I stopped, regrouped, and uh, started watching. Like, well, because the thing that in this in a way that gave me the time to do this was the gyms being closed. I used to go to the gym like two and a half hours a day. So once those were closed, that, that two and a half hours became just nothing but watching YouTube videos on how to cast, how to use a spinning reel, how to use a bait casting reel, what are the differences between a bait casting reel and a spinning reel. And it was just nonstop, like YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. I've gotten I've gotten good compliments in the sense that people think that I've been fishing for a long a lot a lot longer than what I have. Um, and I just tell them, like, honestly, it was just YouTube. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, the internet is somewhat free. Like, some people can pay as yeah. low as, like, 40 bucks a month. Some people pay a little bit more. But, um, you know, it's – it. I just did that. And, you know, I was just so, so focused. Tough. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Check you out. Okay. Yeah. Because, uh, you, know, you know, the next thing I – because uh, this past year was actually I wanted to get into hunting, like – I wanted to go hunting like right, like I guess this is the hunting months. I think I believe it starts in August, I believe. But I wanted to hunt here in California. So, I mean, I already had a rifle. So, I basically started just same thing. YouTube, like, how do, how do you hunt? <laughs> I mean, I'm a city boy, you know? City boy, I don't have like, I think my dad, he, he used to hunt when he used to live in Mexico, but like, he's like older now. He doesn't, he does, he's, he's, he does real estate. He doesn't go hunting, you know? So, I, <laughs> Like, how do you get into something like this? You know, like I don't know anybody who hunts. Uh, but yeah, same thing. It's kind of just. I'm hopefully, I guess not this year. But next year, I want to. I want to go on my first hunt and see what I can get out here. But well, you you need to watch that uh, meat eater podcast and uh, that meat eater show on Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, taking notes. What does he got? What's with the gear? What's the camo? Yeah. yeah. Kind of rifle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm that was like a big inspiration too, yeah. Because you're 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 gonna learn a lot of that when you do your hunting course. Because uh, they'll teach you all that. They'll teach you. Oh, I, took it already. I already took the hunting course. Oh yeah, so yeah. I got my little card, the, the hunting. Uh, yeah, I got that already. Mm. So basically, I can just go out there. Oh, I need to get buy the tag. I really just need to buy the tag and go out there. But I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> there's a there's a place um, close to where you're at. Uh, shoot, I'll send you the link. Um, it's basically you can go, you can hunt boar, you can hunt hogs and goats. I mean, different types. I think it might be Corona. Yeah, it might be. It's somewhere in that area. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a pend in, right? I think so. Like, yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I feel like oh, that's cool. I mean, it's the closest one to you, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you can. I mean, you can hunt boar. You can hunt. Uh, different types of like goat so i mean they have different species there and uh it's basically like a, a huge piece of land where i mean technically i think it, it might be enclosed i'm not sure but they just kind of roam around like if they were wild because there's enough space for them to go and you just yeah. kind of you it's, it's kind of like a guided trip no uh not i haven't gone there yet but the reason why i know about it is because i'm researching that because um i'm trying to get a tag myself but now that i'm out of state it's a lot more expensive uh, yeah. technically you're in both states i mean you're in california and texas right how many times have you come over here a like year? four like four or five times yeah four <laughs> yeah well i think at this place i mean it might be the same amount of price even if i'm out of state i just have to you know make the trip to right. go but private land, maybe. Yeah. I, yeah um but i just need my hunting license so i need to make sure i get that and uh i haven't gotten it yet but i have done my research on that and uh i can shoot pretty well with a bolt action rifle it's probably the most accurate thing i can shoot with 
because um, yeah. and I do I love shooting bolt action rifles just because I don't know like I'm not like gonna say that I like to torture myself but I do like to work a little bit harder for certain things sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's that's a good quality. Yeah, yeah, doesn't come easy. So uh, wait, so your rifles are in Texas, all right? Yeah. And you have guns in California? No. Oh, so you'd have to take it from Texas to California? Yeah, yeah, I would have to transport it over there. Cool. What about I saw you using the boat, the the boat too. When did you get into that? That was here. One of my one of my buddies, like he's like, hey, let's go to Bass Pro. I'm like, all right, let's go. And I didn't realize that he wanted to go shoot uh, his compound bow. And yeah. since he has longer arms, his bow, I couldn't really shoot it very well. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm buying, <laughs> I'm buying one. And right then and there, yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, how does it how does it feel like? I know, like I hear about like the pounds of like. Pull, like, like how, how many pounds is it? How does that work? So the pound, the amount of pounds is basically the tension that you put on the string, right? And uh, so I'm currently set up at 55, um, and that is on the lower end, but it should be enough to hunt quite a bit of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but if you go higher, you can hunt like bear and other other bigger animals. But um, oh, yeah. I do intend to go bow hunting at one point in my life. Uh, I do intend to do that uh, just because I want to try it. And uh, I do love shooting a bow. It does get exhausting though. Like you need, like you're going to get like massive traps, dude, from doing that. Cause oh, yeah. a lot of it is like pulling it back with your back muscles, holding yeah. it there. And then you just let go of the, your, your, cause you have a trick, you have a trigger, like you have a trigger on the bow and you just let go with your index finger, you know? And, uh, but the, st the stability comes in holding like me like what 10 15 pounds straight in front of you like that and then your back yeah because like it's the weight of the bow basically With all your back muscles huh all your back muscles your forearms and your shoulders basically like that it's all that so i like that it sounds like a weapon of a man i like this so that's why like if you see me like doing a lot of kettlebell swings a lot of a uh, kettlebell like uh cleans and stuff like that it's all for that like, really yeah i'm training all for that yeah I like that. Yeah, so, so that's... You, when are you going to... Okay, so you haven't gone hunting yet, but you're going to go hunting when you come back to California? I might do it out here. Um, it's... So here, it's a little bit more expensive because um, there's a lot more public, uh, private land than there is public. Right. Um, but, you know, you can get a... I mean, you can get... Almost be guaranteed, like, an animal, like, to a certain degree, cause depending on how well they manage it. But... Yeah. My end goal is to basically get a piece of land on my own where I can hunt turkeys and deer myself. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then when you come over, when you come over and visit, we can just go, you know, hunting. I want it so bad. Um, I thought they had like a, a wild pig problem over there in Texas. We do. I heard like you don't even, do, do you have to even get a tag for those? Because I think you can just kill as many as you want. Oh, you could, you could get as many as you want over there, I believe, right? Well, you, you yeah, there's no, there's no tag, but uh, if you're shooting on, private land you don't need you don't necessarily need a license um that was something i think happened recently like you don't necessarily need a license anymore because they're of, again they're that much of a problem and uh one time when i went out to the forest i can go to a to a pond to fish um uh like I, on my way over there i saw a farm or a ranch that had just like seven hogs like giant size, size hogs like maybe like 140 pounds like seven of them just lined up dead because I guess, you know, whoever, I don't know if somebody came in and shot them or they shot them themselves, but yeah, like it's a problem. Problem. So that, I mean, that's a good start right there. They're free, right? Yeah. 
that seems like an interesting situation. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and you know, boar, I'm more inclined to shoot. I mean, to hunt them with um, with a rifle than with a bow. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it'd be pretty nice if I can get them with the bow as well. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're a little bit over the hour limit, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, like I said, I'm trying to keep them at an hour, but if it go over a little bit, it's perfectly fine. So any last thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> we almost did, like at the beginning, like in the middle of it, where I'm like, uh-oh, I feel like we're steering towards there, but we, I, think, I think we did a good job. Yeah. So any last thoughts that you might have, like, you know, for anybody else that's listening, whether it's financial or, you know, strictly mental health, mental health. Uh, yeah. Working out. That's good. But you know, another thing you said, what you said is like, when you wanted to know about you're curious about like fishing, like you threw your whole everything into it. You start watching videos and like you threw your whole mind into it. Like that kind of a uh, focus that, that has to be helpful too. Like if you're stressing about these other things, you throw yourself completely. Some people can throw themselves into work, but in the situation say you don't work, have work, I mean, you throw yourself into some other kind of project and just, you know, put your mind into that. You can really block out a lot of these negative things. Like for me, when this whole hit, like I started like focusing all my attention to other streams of income and the stock market. You did, you wanted to learn about fishing. So you, all this time to like, that kind of approach is, it's, I think it's a, it's a big, you know, it's just, it's a good way to have it, you know, but that was just kind of a small little takeaway. Yeah. I need, to, I need to look at some fishing videos too. You need to send me all the fishing videos. I'm going to like, figure this one out i'm gonna figure this one out yeah oh i definitely plan on putting more up on my youtube i have like three that i need to edit i also have some cooking stuff that i need to throw on there mostly smoking yeah. meat and stuff but you know i need to throw some stuff out there oh, so yeah yeah food stuff man i got all that stuff going we got the podcast going you said you're gonna start doing your fishing and you have your own products right you can start selling your own like fishing uh, yeah yeah eventually i'm gonna start getting into something either possibly making my own type of lures or you know just something i'm not, I'm not entirely sure yet but we're looking into it yeah maybe dude, a cookbook would be nice yeah a cookbook would be nice yeah why not do i mean i just gotta make sure i get myself out there and not most importantly not don't stop moving yeah you gotta keep it going yeah it's, um as far as youtube and stuff like that uh this is a guy who's like a YouTube nerd and like he started like multiple channels and he said the key is to get at least 33 videos up. Get 33 videos up and then you go, you kind of go back and look at the analytics of like information, but he said don't stop till you get to 33. After 33, if you feel discouraged, then you stop. But 33 is like, you get that, you have enough data by 33 <clears throat> see if you want to, which one to do. So, yeah, that sounds like a solid plan. Yeah. So, um, also where can, uh, where where can anybody find you if they want to like know more about like you know? Oh yeah, uh, you can find me on IG and uh, Twitter. It's Sharper Ant, uh, Sharper Ant, all one word. And uh, yeah, I'm up there. I have a YouTube channel. Same thing, Sharper Ant. Well, basically, all I put up is uh, the day to day of like a car dealer, what I do when I'm at these auctions, when I'm buying cars. But I'm gonna put up more stuff as far as for entrepreneurship and other sources of income and you know people could kind of see other ways i make money so let's get ideas motivation or egg me on cool support yeah but uh sharp plan. ig uh youtube and twitter yeah and at the very least uh follow follow 
those that are listening still, uh, follow Sharper Ant on Instagram. He puts a lot of most motivational uh, posts in his stories. Uh, I think that's a, be- a good benefit as well. And uh, yeah, like, you know, if you want to support him, go ahead and you already know where to go. Yeah, uh, drop a like. Drop a like, subscribe, yeah. all that stuff, yeah. follow, yeah. And uh, if you want to talk mess about California, I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll save that for a different. It just has a couple problems. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So you guys heard it. So feel free to uh, follow Sharper Ant on YouTube, Twitter, and uh, most importantly, IG. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed this discu- this discussion. One of like. One of the last things I want to just say, uh, you know, mental health is definitely multifaceted. So um, if you have any other issues, I mean, if you want just go ahead and talk to people around you, make sure you're open. And if you have any other things that you need to talk, like you need to address, you consult a physician. Uh, they're the experts. We're just here to talk nuance. And uh, we did our, we tried our best just to live through this crazy reality that we're in. Um, and you know, just if you guys take anything from this that benefits you guys, I do, that makes me more than happy. And that's my whole goal here. So once again, um, remember that a mental prison doesn't necessarily have to have a, a mental prison. Well, a prison doesn't necessarily have to have bars for, in order to not being able to escape, but you know, again, do your best. All right, guys. Well, thank again, Anthony, thank you for, you know, volunteering your time. We'll definitely have I'll definitely have you back again for sure. Of course, yeah. All right. All right. Take care. Talk to you guys later. Bye.